This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Everybody, welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast sponsored by the Leaders Institute. This is Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And um, and if you just as a review over some of the past podcasts, we've covered a lot of different ways to kind of design better presentations and how to add energy and enthusiasm to presentation. In fact, in podcast number three, we gave a really good outline to help you kind of design presentations, no matter what kind of presentation it is. I mean, there are a few different variations that you make for each type of presentation that you design, but um, so but we gave you a, a really good kind of overview. So we're going to take that content that we covered on podcast number three and kind of tailor that to a more specific type of presentation, the technical presentation. So, Doug, what's today's hot topic? So today's hot topic is how to design a technical presentation for the non-technical audience. So, and just and by the way, don't let the name kind of fool you, uh, because um, it, you might be giving a, a technical presentation to a technical audience. You can use the same techniques that we're going to talk about here, and it'll work just as well. In fact, even better. But this is really designed to to kind of take content that is that's fairly technical and make it to where anybody can understand it, no matter who's in your audience. You know, the, the folks in the audience will not only be able to understand your presentation, but follow it, enjoy it, and get more value out of it. And so it works whether you're speaking to a technical audience or a non-technical audience, but it's really very very beneficial if you have a, a non-technical audience that's that's listening to you. Um, now, just to kind of go back and, and review podcast number three, one of the things that we kind of talked about was that when you're designing any type of presentation, instead of covering 150 gazillion bullet points, you really want to focus on just a few key concepts. And the number of concepts that you cover in your entire presentation really just depends on the purpose or the, 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 the type of presentation that you're giving. So like, for instance, if you're, if you're doing more of, a, um, of a, 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 an after-dinner talk or a, a presentation that's, that's really designed to entertain or add emotion, you may only cover one bullet point but you'll give lots of examples and stories and, and some of the other impact ideas that we've kind of covered in the podcast. If you're giving more of a lecture, you might cover four or five different concepts and maybe give just one example for each one of those bullet points. And, and you, typically your presentation will, will work really well. And so for the technical presentation, we're really moving more toward the lecture style, but we also want it to be interesting. We also want it to be entertaining. We want the audience to be able to kind of follow us and so the, the, the technique that works really well to help take really technical kind of content and make it more understandable is to add specific examples and stories that reinforce those bullets. So, so I would encourage you, if you're designing a technical presentation, instead of trying to cover everything under the sun, which is what a lot of us like to do, especially when, if you, if you recall back on podcast number 13, we talked about the strengths and weaknesses of different types of presenters. And one of the temperaments that we talked about was the analytical presenter, which is the really detail-oriented, logical kind of presenter. And typically, if a, a person is giving a technical talk, a lot of times they're going to fall into that type of, that, that category as far as strengths, the logical detail-orientedness. 
And the, the key thing about that is that if you are designing a presentation that's really detail-oriented and you're an analytical kind of presenter, then you're basically only going to be relatable to about 25% of the population. So if you, if you use kind of the, the techniques that we're talking about here, you'll be able to kind of open it up to where more, more of the population, more of the people in your audience will be able to kind of follow you and really enjoy you and, and understand the concepts that you're talking about. So um, instead of, like I said, instead of trying to cover everything under the sun about the topic that you're presenting, what you really want to do is focus on the things that are most important to the audience right now. So let's say, for instance, that you're giving a technical presentation that's a process. You're trying to teach them a process. Well, if there happens to be 20 different steps in that process, it's going to be very difficult for somebody to, to get those 20 different steps in one sitting. You're going to have to break that into bite-sized pieces, three, four, five steps, and then take a little break and then get, cover another three, four, five steps and then take a break, cover another three, four, five steps, that kind of thing. You, you'll get a much better result if you do that. If you're If you're focusing on... On data, uh, you're delivering data or delivering content to an audience. It makes it easier if you focus on just the most important data or the most important concepts that you need to get, to, to get across to the audience right now. So if you get additional time to speak to the same audience, you can give them more data. But it's it's better to give them a summary of the data and give them categories to, to have that data kind of fall into uh, versus giving them just a bunch of data points and having them kind of sift through it after you leave. That's very confusing. It'll make it very challenging for, for folks to follow follow along with you. Um, and the, the concept that I like to, to kind of cover when, when I'm kind of teaching people how to design technical presentations is, you know, really less is more. The less content that you put in, the more people are going to, to understand it and the, the more enjoyable it's going to be for them to listen to your presentation. It's not like, you know, giving somebody a textbook or something like that where they can kind of read through at their own leisure and, and, to, and, and accept that information in bite-sized pieces. A lot of times they're only there for, for a short period of time. And you're not going to be able to cover everything you know about that topic in that short period of time. Whether that's 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, it's still a short period of time. So we have to kind of focus on just a few concepts that we want to get across or that the audience needs to know anyway about that that topic. Uh, one of the the analogies I like to use here is if you kind of think about the presentation that you're making as more of of a of a, of a paper, like a written paper, you want to think of it more like an article versus a textbook. So basically, if you're trying to get information across to to uh, a, a single person or or a group of people, even. Uh, you can have them read an article, and they'll get a good overview of what of what you're trying to get across to them. That's a, that's an effective way for them to to come away with some key concepts in a very short period of time. If they want to get more information, you might have them read a research paper. That's going to be more detailed. It's going to give them more of the data. It's going to give them more structure. And if you really want them to hone in on a concept that you're trying to get across to them, you might give them a textbook. So basically, those are three different ways to, to collect the information with varying kind of results. The article, short, informa um, um, little information, covered really well, though, but it's easy and it's easy to get a quick understanding of what the person is trying to get across to you. Research paper takes more time. You have to study it a little bit more. And a textbook, oh my gosh, that's taxing for a lot of people. So... When you're thinking about the people that are sitting in your audience, you don't want them to have to spend a tremendous amount of time understanding exactly what you want to get across to them. And you don't want to make your presentation taxing. 
So you want to design it more as, as like an article versus a research paper or a textbook. It makes it a little bit easier for the audience members to kind of follow you. So uh, if you kind of think about your presentation that way, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of determine what exactly you want to cover in that presentation when you deliver it. So one of the things that I hear often in class when folks are, are um, skilled at, or at least are required to give technical kind of presentations, one of the things that they will say a lot is they'll say things like, well, Doug, you don't understand. My, my audience really wants the details. They need the details. Well, I mean, I have to kind of argue with them at that point because, no, I mean, when was the last time you were sitting in a presentation and you were going, God, you know, I just wish there was more details in that. <laughs> I just wish there was more content. That speaker just didn't cover enough on that subject. More often than not, it's the exact opposite. Most of the time when you leave a presentation, you go, oh, my God, that was overwhelming. That was kind of challenging to follow. That was a little hard to, to understand. That's what you're more likely to hear at the end of a presentation. So no matter what you think your audience wants um, as far as details, there's a good chance that, that, I mean, basically the human brain can only accept one or two things at a time. So if you're trying to cover 10, 15, 20, 30, 100 different pieces of, of information or pieces of data, they're not going to remember it anyway. They're only going to remember at most maybe three, four, five things that you say in the entire hour that you're speaking. So you really want to focus on just the things that are that are most important. Um, the analogy I like to use here is uh, going back to the textbook that I mentioned before. In, in a textbook, if you're reading any any chapter in any textbook, especially if it's something like uh, some, some type of technical presentation or even history for that matter, you're going to find that each chapter is going to have like footnotes. So at the, they're, they're going to give a concept and they're going to say, hey, this is where I got that piece of information. And then you can go back to the appendix at the back of the, at the, back of the book and find more details about that particular thing if you wanted to find out where that research was gathered. And that's really what you want to do with your presentations as well. Give them kind of the overview when you're delivering your technical presentation. And then if there's a lot of data or a lot of content that you need to get across from them, then one of the things that you can do is you can give them a bound packet uh, or a, a bound document as a lead behind or a handout. Now, uh, my personal style when I'm delivering a, pres a technical presentation is to not give them that packet right away. <laughs> I usually give it to them toward the end of my presentation or even as they're leaving the room. And the reason why is because there will be, in, let's say there's 50 people in, in an audience. In that, in that group of 50 people, there might be four or five, 10 people maybe, 12 people, 15 people at most maybe that are really highly technical and they want that data. They want that information. The remaining three quarters or more of the, of the population don't care. <laughs> they don't care in the least about all the data. They just want to know the conclusion. They want to know how you got there, but they don't necessarily need to know every little detail. Um, the, old, uh, the old adage is, you know, we, we don't really want to know how the watch was made. We just want to know what time it is. And that's the way most people are when, they, when, when, they're, when we're delivering a presentation to them. They wanna, don't want to know how the watch was made. They just tell, us, tell me what time it is, right? And uh, the, the neat thing about it is that um, with that bound document, you can have those few people that really want all the data and all the detail. They can now go through that with a fine-tooth comb after, after the presentation or toward the end of the presentation so they can sift through it. If you give them that bound document, though, at the beginning, you're going to have people flipping through it all the way through your presentation. It's going to be very difficult to, to keep their attention. So one of the things that you can do, though, is you can have that bound document yourself 
in uh, and use it as a visual aid. So as you're making some of your key points in your presentation, you can say, hey, by the way, if you want to know more information about where we got this data or the data that was collected, you can turn to Appendix A or Appendix B in the in the, the handout that you'll be receiving in about 10 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. So you can use that as a, a visual aid and make it much easier for the audience to kind of follow you along the way. By the way, I'll give you a great example of one of these in real life. I had a, I just did a, a custom class for a company that specializes in self-directed IRAs. And one of the young ladies that was in the class really specialized in helping people move money or funds from one IRA to another. And if you think about all the different types of tax laws and data and things that could be covered in a presentation like that, I mean, we could have, she could have designed a presentation that could have lasted for days or weeks maybe. Uh, but what she wanted to do was really hone on what are the most important things that the folks that I'm going to be speaking to really need to know. And and the main thing that she focused on in that presentation was that when you're moving from one IRA to another, make sure you kind of stick with the same type of, of, of account. So like, for instance, if you go from a traditional to a Roth or a Roth to a traditional, a lot of times there are tax challenges that that can occur. So if, instead of doing that, go from one Roth to another. You can actually just change what you're investing in and keep the same type of thing. And it was very easy for us to follow and understand what she was trying to get across to us and why we should do it because she was using examples. So you can take really technical stuff, even if it's really data-driven. And if you focus on what the audience really needs to know, it makes it much easier for the audience to understand why you're covering the things that you're covering and why they're really important along the way. Now, the second thing that is important about giving really technical presentations to non-technical people is that you you want to include your your uh, conclusion in your bullet points. So if you're only going to be covering a couple of bullet points, you don't just want to give a, a few bullet points about data. You want to give the the audience the conclusion that that data that that you're drawing from that data. So instead of giving them 10 different independent pieces of data, if you take those 10 pieces and say, okay, what do those things, those pieces of data mean in real life and draw the conclusion yourself, it makes it much easier now for you to give examples and make the presentation easier for the audience to follow. Um, And by the way, one of the things I hear often in class from folks that, that are in this type of situation is that, no, well, Doug, you don't understand. My job is just to give the data. They don't want me to draw, the people in my audience don't want me to draw the, the conclusions. And again, that's one of the times that I can argue with them. Oh, I'll go contraire. You know, it's, I think you're, you're misrepresenting or what you're, or I think you're misunderstanding what the audience really wants from you. Um, the reason why this is most valuable is that your expertise includes your recommendation. You know more about this data than anybody else that could be presenting it. Otherwise, they'd be presenting that data, right? So since you know more about that data, your conclusions are very valuable. Your insights to that data are very valuable. And if you leave those out, now you're giving your audience pieces of data without an incomplete, that's basically going to give them an incomplete picture of what they're really looking at. Because there's no way you can get them get across to your audience every piece of data that, that you've come across. So it's much easier for for you and for the audience to to um, for you to deliver a a concept or deliver a conclusion, and then use the data as your evidence to back up that conclusion. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I think that a lot of people make in their technical presentations is they think that the data is the presentation. No, the data is the evidence 
that reinforces the concepts that you're trying to get across in your presentation. So you really have to kind of rethink how you design your presentations. So if you go back to that, that first thing that I was talking about, where we said, you know, we need to cover what are the most important things that the audience needs to know about this. If you're thinking back, say, okay, what is the, what's the most important conclusion that I want the audience to draw from this data? I mean, I've been looking at this data for weeks or months or years. What If, if I had to summarize this data into a, a conclusion, what would be the most important conclusion that the folks in the audience can draw from this? And what's the second most and the third most? And if you design your presentation that way, now you can give your data to the audience in as evidence that each one of those conclusions are true. And it makes it a whole lot more effective for, for the audience. Um, a good example of this is I was, teach, I was teaching a class in Washington, D.C., and I had a guy from the, uh, the CDC in Atlanta that came into the class. And that's one of the things that he mentioned very early on. He said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with hundreds and hundreds of different research project projects, and my job is to accumulate the data and get the data over to the people that 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 need it. And um, and it, it took it actually took me a while to convince him that his job wasn't just to deliver the data, that he's he's a doctor, he's a medical professional. He's there for a reason. He's there to help the people who are receiving that data draw conclusions, help them come to an understanding of what that data means, because he has more information than what they do. So, um, and and one of the ways that I got him to do that was I, I got him to think about, well, tell me about your expertise. I just kind of asked him a few questions. Tell me about your expertise. How long have you been in this industry? How did you, how did you come to the CDC? How did, what is your background? And then the more he kind of explained to it, the more I started to, um, to kind of get across to him that, hey, the reason why you're there is because you're the expert in this data. Now, how many of the people that you're delivering this to have the same type of experience in that data as what you do? And he had to he had to admit very few, you know. So, so um, and so when he it, basically what we did in in the class with him is we helped him redesign his entire presentation to where the data now became the packet that he gave them to look over as they were leaving the room. He was giving them his conclusions, and as a result, it helped them make better decisions. So that that does two things, by the way. It gives you an opportunity as the speaker to show your expertise to the audience. So that's kind of a side benefit, though. The real thing that this this type of technique does is it helps the audience make better decisions because now they're making decisions based on recommendations from an expert, from you, from the speaker, from the presenter. And so that can be a whole lot more valuable to the folks who are in the audience than for them to, to have to sift through a bunch of data and try to make heads or tails of what that, that data represents. So, the, so those that uh, being able to kind of design your conclusions or put your presentation into a series of conclusions that you want your audience to, to um, come away with makes it a little bit easier. And the neat thing about it is that once you design your presentation this way, now, let's say you've got one of the this basically fixes one of the biggest challenges that we talked about earlier was that we've got a lot of data how do we how do we get that data across to them well the if you've got a conclusion now and you've got two or three pieces of data that back up that conclusion that gives you an opportunity and just a few key bullet points to reinforce a lot of data or give your audience examples of a lot of that data and the easiest way to get that data across to them by the way is a story or an example. A lot of times we think it's just the numbers, but it's not. The numbers are, are just a, a um, representation of what happened in real life. The statistics, the data, the, the numbers, the content, 
All of that is a representation of what happened in real life. And so instead of just telling them the numbers, give them the story behind the numbers. So going back to that, that CDC example, one of the things that I kind of coached that doctor to do was to tell us about the research project itself. Why was it started? Where, how, how did that come about? What's the purpose of it? I mean, there's a, there's a reason why somebody said, hey, we need to study this thing, right? So tell us about where that came from. And now tell us about what happened in the, in the collection and, and that kind of thing. And now when you get to the results, the results make a whole lot more sense to us because now we have the background. And you can, you can do that in as little as a minute or two minutes. You can give the, the summary version or you can go into great detail and give it into a, give it in a 10 minute story or something like that. Uh, the, the neat thing is, is that you, it lets you really adjust your time based on what you think the audience is, is really going to be most, most interested in. Um, I'll give you another good example of this. Um, we had, a um, we, we do a lot of work, uh, in fearless presentations with the Anderson company in, in Georgia, and they make industrial matting for, for manufacturing plants and for retail stores and that kind of thing. And, um, so it's one of those things that it's not a really glamorous type of, of uh, industry, but it's very valuable. And some of the sales reps that have come through our class to kind of learn how to give their sales presentations more effectively have really gotten a lot of benefit out of watching us help other people design these technical presentations. Because a lot of times the salespeople aren't really technical people, but they have to deliver technical presentations. And so it makes it a little bit easier for them. And I remember um, there were one, one time that one of the guys that was in the, in the class was trying to explain to us how um, the, um, the type of matting that, that companies use or, or manufacturing plants use can actually help with, with their um, even things like insurance rates. Um, the reason why is because uh, he, would, he gave an example of one of his clients that had where people were, it's a manufacturing plant, so people are standing on their, their entire eight-hour shift. And one of the things that they found at this particular plant was that in the very early stages, like from, from the time that a person starts until like the six-month period of time, there's, there, there was a high number of incidents of people who would call in sick. And, and then once you got past that six month mark, it, it kind of went away. It dissipated pretty dramatically until you got to like the three or four year mark. And one of the things that they, they kind of figured out was that when people are standing and, and working and, and moving around the way that folks were doing at this plant, it caused foot pain. It caused, it caused injuries and that kind of thing. And so um, by just getting a, 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 um, a mat that supported the, the back a little bit better, it made it to where they just dropped, they, they were able to drop the number of times that folks were, were in that very early stage were um, calling in sick and not coming into work. And so, and, and by using that as an example, he didn't have to really give us a lot of the technical reasons why that mat actually worked, although there was a ton. In fact, he had a whole, he had a whole manual that, that had data on how that particular matting um, helped with health, health issues. Um, but he didn't have to cover that. He just used the example. The example was a much better way to, to um, explain that. And so one of the things that, that really helps when you're, when you're organizing your presentation into conclusion-based bullet points with examples along the way is it makes it to where you can explain very complicated or technical processes to an audience that maybe has less of an understanding about that technical process and make it more understandable to them, makes it much easier for them. 
if you ever listen to, to really good presenters who are giving technical presentations, you're going to see that they actually give very little data. They may give you a handout that has more data. They may give you a one sheet or they may give you a packet that has a lot of that, that data in it. But in reality, they're going to give you more examples that will tell you the data that's in there. And it makes it a whole lot easier that way. A lot of times when people think about technical presentations, by the way, they're thinking about presentations that are in the technical industry. And by the way, technical presentations could be, uh, they could be in engineering, it could be in law, it could be in medicine, it could be in actual technology firms, that kind of thing. And one of the, one of the instances that we hear that comes up in class a lot is like, how do I do a presentation on like a software update? <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, there's a, that's, it's basically, that's a very technical pr- kind of presentation that really nobody wants to hear. It's a lot of times it's boring, it's dry. And one of the things that we kind of encourage people to do when they're giving that type of presentation. So this is a presentation that the audience really doesn't want to hear, but they need to know the information. And that's where it's vital that you use examples. So like, for instance, let's say we're doing a software update. Well, those updates didn't happen as a result of just some random idea. Typically, if, if, there's, if an update has occurred, it's usually because there has been a problem in past instances of that piece of software, and we're fixing that problem. So the easy way to, to deliver that type of presentation is just to say, in the past, with this software, we had XYZ problem. And then explain what was going on. Explain the challenges that the customers or the users of that software for, were, were having. Now go and then, a, a, as a conclusion, tell them how the new software update will kind of fix that. So those little examples along the way will make it make it a whole lot easier to take that technical presentation to make it more more interesting. So, so basically, in summary, when you're designing a technical presentation, limit yourself to I would say about five key bullet points. Make the, the second thing is you want to make those bullet points results or you want to make those, those bullet points recommendations based on the data. And then thirdly, use the data as your examples or use examples as your data. Basically, use examples in real life of how that occurred and, and it'll make it a whole lot easier for your audience to understand your technical concept and make it to where no matter what the strengths and weaknesses of the audience are, they will be able to understand and really enjoy your presentation. So thanks again for joining us for another Fearless Presentations podcast. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of the ways that it lets us know what um, what uh, it, what topics that we're covering are most important to folks because we can kind of see how many were downloaded and that kind of thing. So, so if you're real interested in hearing something in particular on one of our podcasts, you can always just email us at podcast at fearlesspresentations.com and we'll, we'll try to add that as one of our topics in a future sessions. So thank you very much for listening to the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.